0: And welcome to the fifth and final part of Hooked, the series about addiction. Last week, we heard how the internet is fueling process addictions. This time, it's recovery. From 12-step programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous, to British Christian missionary Jackie Pollinger, MBE, who has been taking Hong Kong's addicts off drugs for nearly 50 years. But first, I caught up with psychiatrist Dr. Vanessa Wong to hear how neuroplasticity enables addicts to create new neural pathways to
1: recovery. So the word neuroplasticity basically just means the ability for the brain to reorganize itself and when it comes to learning or when it comes to habits or an experience. So the reason I think it's important when we talk about addiction is that ultimately addictions are a form of behavior and a form of a habit. So the brain doesn't know what it is you're really doing. All it knows is that you keep wanting to do the same thing and the same brain cell is firing all the time so it thinks oh this person wants to do more of this so we'll recruit other brain cells next to it and make this a better highway so that this person can do it faster and better this is the highway in the brain in the brain so the neural pathway the neural pathway the neural circuit whatever we choose to give it but think of it as a highway and so now you've got this nice big highway and you're doing this very very often but the consequences is that it's maybe not effective in helping you cope with things, or it's got you know bad consequences out of it. So when it comes to addiction, that's basically the brain trying to help us learn and be more effective at doing something, but actually it's not that helpful in real life. So the solution turns into the problem. Yeah, so the brain doesn't know that it's not helping you. But so what happens when we try and cope with addiction or treat addiction is that we need to understand that it's also fundamentally a biology process as well so in order for the brain to not use this highway we need to build another highway for the brain to use because we still have the same triggers we still have the same reasons and we still want the ultimate solution which is i get some relief out of it i feel better And if you just stop using it, there's still this void, you know, you're not getting from A to B. So we need to build that second pathway. So the crucial thing is finding something that is healthier or more effective to help us cope with getting from A to B. And secondly, is to stop using the first highway, which we know isn't that helpful. And this process takes time. But... It happens in everybody, regardless of age. The more you practice it, the more the brain will help you do this uh, more effectively.
0: Dr. Vanessa Wong. Next, Keystone Recovery founder Grant describes his addiction hell and what staying clean and sober really involves.
2: Addiction took me to uh, places where I thought I would never, ever land up. Um, I... I have had uh, guns put to my head, I have put guns to people's heads, Uh, I have been incarcerated, I have been locked up, I have owed uh, some very dangerous people a lot of money, Um, I have uh, abused my body. I think that to me, um, out of all, um, has been the most severe uh, consequence really, my mind my mind damaging and ruining my mind um, I, I what we call war stories I, I could stand here all day and, and talk to you about uh, what happened to me um, the unacceptable became acceptable that that's the only thing I can really say
0: in terms of moral behavior or
2: moral behavior violence um, just it, it's all encompassing really all-encompassing and Um, this
0: would be in pursuit of money to get your drugs or just as a consequence of living among those type of people
2: yes uh, I would say getting finding means and ways to get more to stay um, under their influence but also once I had taken um, any substance of any kind mostly uh, cocaine uh, into my system Uh, I became what many people called uh, a monster.
0: And what would that look
2: like? Well, depraved sexual uh, behavior, um, violence, um, threatening, theft, those type of things.
0: Okay, so how many years would you say this went on for? Uh,
2: In the beginning, in the 90s, it went on for a few years. Uh, Then I came, uh, there were always external events that brought me back to recovery, uh, that brought me to a place where I felt I was losing control. But I was never, ever doing it for myself, never doing it for myself. I have to make that quite clear. Uh, Recovery is something that one needs to surrender to completely. Um, So
0: other people can't drag you there?
2: No. No. You know, I was arrested for drug trafficking. Uh, I had uh, charges, you know, possession of of dangerous drugs and, you know, panic. So, magistrates about to put me away, uh, treatment. Uh, But never, ever doing it for me. Doing it for parents, doing it for former lovers, doing it for a host of different reasons, really. Never for me. And so. so What took
0: you to the point of doing it for you?
2: Well it was just a very deep rock bottom, it was, a, it was a, an internal rock bottom, a spiritual rock bottom, an emotional rock bottom, but also on the outside I didn't have $4.70 to get a bus from where I was living at the time, Aberdeen to Central, I was unemployable, I had lost um, many many very good jobs, um, I had nothing left.
0: So absolutely rock bottom. Oh,
2: absolutely rock bottom. I, I have to really say, for me, uh, the lift does go down. You know, the lift does go down further. But for me, it had gone down way, 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 way down, and I had to, I had to surrender. Um, I remember praying from my heart and asking for guidance, and I received a phone call from someone. Uh, about 15 minutes later who never called me and who said listen I can help you let's meet and I said well I don't have I don't have money to meet with you and he said well uh, I will look after you I will meet you the following day and that's what we did I think it was a Monday actually or Tuesday Yeah, Tuesday morning I met with him and, um, and that, was, that was the beginning of a wonderful journey that continues to, to this day. Um, so
0: what route did your recovery take?
2: Well, I, I, I went the 12-step route, uh, but when I say that, I, I went back to basics. Uh, I, I was taught how the AA message, the 12-step message, and all the other 12 steps... Um, how they were structured and how they were meant to be transmitted from one person to another, passed on. And I had all this knowledge over many, many years, but I never followed it through with consistent action, maintaining my spiritual growth. Um, and that can take a whole, a whole variety of different forms. You know, through. Meditation, through exercise, through eating well, through having enough fluids, to prayer—it's it, a, a myriad of different ways to maintain that spiritual condition. Um, that's how I—I uh, I surrendered 100 percent. I was absolutely willing uh, to 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 be shown uh, a, a new way, a way that I thought had worked. So I had to be, my ego had to be completely beaten. I had to be in a place where the next stop was a a long sentence at Stanley Prison or um, the crematorium. That's how it was. It was either or.
0: And now you're many years clean and sober and you continue in your daily program of recovery.
2: Every day. Every day I have... A ritual that I do every day, I try to help other people who have problems. I sponsor and help other people who have uh, who have just come in, who need help that 's what I do, um, and I maintain that spiritual condition that I have and I have peace in my life today you know and that is something that eluded me for so long, always seeking. Happiness externally through, um, you know, money and through women and through sex and through everything.
0: External things.
2: External phenomena that I thought would make me happy. And it was a stopgap measure. For a while it may be dead, you know, but I want more. I suffer from a disease that, that, that wants more. There's never enough of anything. And today, I'm at complete peace and ease uh, in my heart. And this is something that is very precious to me.
0: Grant, whose 12-step programme keeps him on track. Addiction counsellor Dr Seamus McCauley explains what 12-step recovery is all about. And contrary to popular belief, it's not a religious organisation.
3: 12-step recovery is effectively a programme of personal change based on spiritual action. And by spiritual, I'm talking about effectively doing the right thing for the right reason in all your affairs.
0: So we're not talking about God?
3: I'm not talking about God here, and I'm not talking about religion. If one signs up genuinely, honestly, and without reservation to a new design for living, which involves new values, new principles, new morals, new ethics, and you're, you're committed to doing that, your life will change. Now... If I was to describe that and put that very simply, what does kind of spiritual action mean? It means getting away from selfish, self-centered, inconsiderate, dishonest, and maybe fear-driven motives and replacing it with unselfish, considerate, kind, tolerant, accepting, understanding, compassionate values and principles. And when people elect to do that... They find themselves in a position where the drive to use is lifted. Okay. Um,
0: So that would mean that the obsession and compulsion to drink or use drugs has left them.
3: That's ultimately what the goal is, to be taken to a place of personal freedom where you're no longer owned by anything and where your view of yourself has changed. For me, this is the only game in town. It's worked. It's worked for 80 years. You don't need to treat it and it's lifted millions of addicts out of active addiction. So fundamentally, spiritual action, a commitment to change, will solve the problem.
0: Dr. Seamus McCauley, if a 12-step program is not for you, Smart Recovery is another option. Facilitator David explains.
4: Smart Recovery is a support group for recovery of any form of uh, addictive behavior. Um, It's free. It's we have three meetings a week here in Hong Kong, and it's based on a four-point program. And the first is building and maintaining motivation.
0: So, building and maintaining motivation is number one.
4: To make changes, right? In the case, in the case of addiction, the second is learning to cope with the urges. Um, the third is managing thoughts and feelings. And our individual behaviours and taking responsibility for those behaviours. Um, and then the fourth is seeking to live a, a balanced life.
0: Right. So absolutely no God anywhere.
4: Absolutely no God. But you're <laughs> welcome to have one if you so wish. Okay. So
0: it's non- non-religious in its approach. Yes. So if I came to a smart recovery meeting, what would happen?
4: Typically at the beginning of the meeting, the facilitator, which is simply somebody, they're not a counsellor, um, they're not a therapist, they've simply done the um, the training to be to facilitate the meetings within the smart constraints. Um, and the facilitator would invite everybody to check in um, when they'll just say, I'm having a good week, I've had a terrible week, I've been out this week and I've taken drugs or relapsed or whatever it may be. From that and when everybody's checked in briefly, they will gather two or three points to explore further um, and to discuss constructively and positively that we don't label ourselves. There's no addicts or alcoholics there. We are people with human conditions who are looking for ways to improve our life and make changes.
0: David of Smart Recovery. Many drug addicts end up in jail. Next step is Stanley, where clinical psychologist Eva Kwan... Explains the Correctional Service Department's rehabilitation program for addicts.
5: Currently, we are taking care of around, around 500 uh, drug uh, addicts uh, in our DATC, we are uh, Drug Addiction Treatment Centre.
0: Okay, now where would
5: they be actually physically living? Uh physically, you know, the uh uh the facilities in an uh, island we call Haling Chao, uh which is quite remote from the city center. That's on the way to Lantau if you get the ferry to Moi war right? Yeah, 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 yeah. A separate island where we surrounded by
0: beautiful scenery, you can say. Okay. Now, how does it happen? You, you, uh, you're in the court system. You get convicted of something, and then, under assessment, it is discovered that you are an addict or you how does it says to be uh, uh, found to have a problem with addictions? You know, by the medical
5: officers, and then uh, go through the you know the uh, the uh, the, uh, the court procedures and was sentenced by court into our drug addiction treatment center.
0: Okay. Now, how long would the program typically last?
5: Uh, The uh, program uh, will, um, you know, inmates are undergoing, you know, um, uh, the um, um, treatment in the DATC, uh, the Drug Addiction Treatment Center. They have to stay in there for uh, a period ranging from two months to 12 months, followed by uh, a one-year period of uh, supervision in the community.
0: So after their finished with their prison sentence they're going to be under supervision by you guys for a further year yeah by staff of the correctional services department
5: you to provide them with the support and also monitoring to prevent them uh you know in terms of relapse into uh, a problem you know of of crime and also drugs
0: now you have a very good success rate i believe around 55 percent uh, yes, yes. that th- they'd still be clean and not relapsed or reoffending after one year
5: yes, uh, our latest uh, success rate uh, for the uh, drug addiction treatment center uh, as uh, recorded in the year uh, two thousand and seventeen is about uh fifty three point four which is uh, a figure you, we uh, we found um uh encouraging but we need to you know uh, work on more this more and uh, uh in terms of success rate, we are referring to um you know the situation where the um, the, the PIC, uh, the person in custody or the in-mail uh, they have uh, successfully completed their supervision period without any relapse into drug use and also without any relapse into uh, crime. What would they be addicted to, these people? I'm guessing methamphetamine or ice. Yes. Yes. That's a big one, right? Uh, the big one includes uh, ice, and then followed by cocaine, and also ketamine, and also uh, uh, marijuana and heroin. Heroin is more you know, commonly used for the adult female. Adult female? Yes, it's the second, that... second most commonly abused drugs. Uh, the first one is is also uh, ice, you know, the methamphetamine. Is that mostly young males?
0: Uh, both young and adult. Eva Kwan of CSD. And finally a factory building in Chung Wan, where I joined the weekly worship of St. Stephen's Society and met its founder, the remarkable British missionary Jackie Pullinger, who, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, has been getting Hong Kong's addicts off drugs for nearly 50 years. First, the uplifting singing at St. Stephen's.
4: I died to bring you freedom. And I die to bring new life all my day seek you.
6: city, um, where they were openly selling drugs and openly selling women. And uh, and I looked at how easy it was for them and thought, that could be me if I were somewhere else. And so I just prayed, uh, dear God, it would be worth my whole life if I could help just one. Um, and I started a youth club because there was no school in those days. And most of the uh, young gangsters just fell into being a gangster and then fell into taking drugs or selling drugs or carrying drugs. So my youth club started with them and then over the years they came to trust me and And they didn't believe in Jesus but they believed in me. And so um, that was how. They were my friends and they uh, they they received Jesus love and then i thought that was a bit incompatible with going on taking drugs so i took them into my home
0: actually came to live with you
6: yeah uh, dozens of them my
0: goodness <laughs> and how did the jesus and helping addiction how did that connection arise well it it it's
6: incompatible to to say you follow jesus and to live a life of being imprisoned by something or or driven by something, so we just had to work out how to get them free um, from whatever had was driving or impri- imprisoning them. I thought as soon as they believed in Jesus, they'd be fine. Of course, they weren't. Um, there was a growing up process, and that was what I was to learn. Was it was a growing up process that most of them had? They left home and lived in the streets since they were seven or eight, or had a a a drug addict father or a prostitute mother. They just didn't know how to function normally. And I thought they would be able to, but they couldn't. So we had to practice living together as a family, and that's mainly
0: what it is. So teaching them to live in a spiritual way uh, by socializing them and and getting rid of their sense of isolation and alienation?
6: Um, They wouldn't be able to verbalize their sense of anything. We're, We're dealing with people who have no uh, language for their uh, feelings, no language at all, which is why we cannot go a mind route. We couldn't go a 12-step route. Mm-hmm. They'd be so threatened by step one or step two, they would exclude themselves.
0: Step one being we admitted that we had a problem.
6: Well, no, they'd be, they'd be, they'd, it wouldn't matter what the step was. Right, right. They're just the fact that it's one and two means they've failed.
0: Oh, okay. They've all
6: failed school. So they're going to get the answer wrong, so they'll not come uh, to to the program. Or they'll forget what day it is. So it doesn't mean to say they don't have feelings of shame or fear or uh, low self-worth or or anything. Of course they do. They just don't know how to say it. So we had to go a different route, just like you would with a baby. The baby has feelings until a certain age, cannot verbalize in cognitive language. It verbalizes in crying. Mm -hmm. So we go another route, which is through the Holy Spirit. So as you um, probably uh, experienced a little bit this morning while we were worshiping and singing, was that there's a, a, a place where the love of God came, where they can feel safe and begin then to open up to what's down below in their in their heart or their feeling, um, and deal with that without being threatened. So we it this is a like you would when you're holding a baby, you 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 soothe it, you don't counsel it, uh, you 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 stroke it, you don't explain things to it. So th- this is um, a non-cognitive route. We call it spirit to spirit. Later on, they'll be able to. Uh, have words for their feelings or explain what they felt. Uh, but we don't start that way.
0: Right. Okay. So at what point in that healing does the the um, relief from the compulsion to use drugs occur? I can't say at one what point, because uh, I would love
6: everybody to start at a very deep level. Uh, some people start there on day 1 it's called repentance <laughs> and uh, you know this is just a gift of god other people can live with us for a couple of years before they've got down to the place where the deepest fear or shame uh, or guilt is i there there is there's no there's no cocktail <laughs> there's no program there's no time it just depends. You look at somebody's children, one child is different from another. And that's important when you're dealing with drug addicts. Everyone is different. You can't say because that program worked for that one, it will work for everyone. Mm. We're, all, we're all different. But the deepest need in everyone is for, is for love and being understood. That's the deepest need. Um, is to know I'm loved unconditionally. I'm understood, and then, only then, you're 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 not too threatened to deal with yourself. And of course, what all drug addicts are doing is running away from themselves. It's the it's the it's the most frightening thing in the world is to meet yourself.
0: So when they do meet themselves. How does that healing of the shame and the guilt that you mentioned and the pain, how does it occur? If we were to do a scientific analysis of this, what's going on really?
6: I I don't know how you can analyse what happens in a spiritual sense. But um, if the deepest need in ourselves is to be loved and understood and accepted, then the next need is to be forgiven. Because there, and that's why you know, if you if we do this through Jesus, we have the highest hope of success, because I, nowhere else can you be forgiven. Uh, it just isn't anywhere else. Um, men can forgive you, but to know you're forgiven by the One who created you um, is, is amazing. So when they are forgiven, then they can. Receive forgiveness and forgive others and then they can work out family relationships, all the things that were wrong or the whole anger with why was I born here or why when I was growing up was it so unfair uh, or, or, or why in my family was this one special and I, you know, all the things that don't add up because they don't add up they then can deal with because they've been loved unconditionally. And then we begin to work out the family relationships. Then they might be ready, possibly, for their own relationships in marriage or whatever. Um, So they can take a a, a healthy place in the world, relate to others. And in our book, success would be... um, It's not abstinence, that's not success. That's, that's saying i 'm an addict forever or i 'm an alcoholic forever, which i don 't believe you have to. Success would be being able to um, be free from the need to take something to stop meeting yourself or, or avoiding yourself or um, hitting the pain or shame that the drug or substance has is um, uh, obscuring. And then success would be living a life where you're able not only to deal with yourself and society, but to help society.
0: That was Jackie Pullinger. Thank you for listening to Hooked. I'm Anna Fenson.